Jesus said, Let your light shine before others, so that they may see your good works, and give glory to your Father who is in heaven. Every good endeavor is a gift from God. Here on Faith Marketplace Radio, you'll be inspired, equipped, and encouraged in your work as you hear business leaders share how their faith impacts their work. Joining us every Saturday at noon on AM 1160, Hope for Your Life. For Faith Marketplace Radio, here's Marketplace veteran and your host, Bob Lambert. Good afternoon, everybody out there. Beaming uh, worldwide here from uh, AM 1160 in Chicago. Get out there, download the app, 11, AM 1160. You can listen to us anywhere. you got an internet reception and, of course, any place here in the Chicagoland area. Again, here at Faith Marketplace, we equip individuals, entrepreneurs, small business owners with resources plus community to make a kingdom impact to glorify our mighty God while gaining inspiration from marketplace leaders. And boy, I've got a great one today. Again, I'm Bob Lambert, the host of Faith Marketplace and the founding partner of Samurai Business Group. At Samurai, we offer entrepreneurs, individuals, small mid-market companies, and their teams advanced business development and sales skills training. Most of our clients report that they have doubled and or tripled their top-line revenue within 12 to 18 months. At Samurai Business Group, we say we put the win back. And great guests today, Patty, um, Ohio, my home state. And I'd like to introduce you to Corey Carlson. He is the president of Corey Kyle, Ka- Carlson Connect. And um, what Corey's uh, about here is we're going to let you we'll let you him tell you right now exactly what it is that he does. He's got a couple of impressive quotes. So welcome, Car- Corey. <laughs> I'm just screwed. A lot, lot of C's there. A lot, a lot of, of C's. Uh, yeah, a lot is. of CCCs. It was wild, so Bob, it is nice to be here, talk to your audience. Thank you for the opportunity. You betcha. So let's lay these quotes on our audience. What, what, you got a couple of them here. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, there's, there, there are a few that have been impactful to me. And, you know, one is I control the input, God controls the impact. <laughs> I love it. That I has been it. significantly in, um, influential to me. I mean, mm-hmm. I, I don't know how many of the, of the listeners are fans of the Enneagram. I do the Enneagram. I'm a number three, which which means achiever. Mm-hmm. And it's in, I'm, I'm going to do everything I can to make sure I get it done. Right. So often I can think that what I do is a direct re, you know, correlation to how my business will do. Right. And the more I post on social media, the more emails I send, the more sales calls I make, that it's an exact direct correlation. And um, I realized that that's not the case. It's, it's taken a long time to realize that. I've, I've had a career in sales and now, you know, last few years of launching my coaching business, I've, I've published a book, Went Home First, which I know we'll talk about, and I have my own podcast, Went yep. Home First. Yep. All these different things for a while, I thought, you know, I can control how what's going to go viral or how many people are going to, you know, sign up for a challenge I may have with my coaching. And I used to get my identity into that. I would get worked up thinking it's all about the impact. Yep. And where I've had freedom is to realize that's not the case. All I can do is control my input. Am I doing the right things on a day-to-day basis? And, and we'll see you know, what God does with it. <laughs> so what's that other quote real quick? And then we got to get get give people a context to your background. So what's the other one you had? I thought that was really good. Our day 
does not end when we walk through the front door at 6 p.m., but when we lay our head down on the pillow. All right. I <laughs> love that. And give all the glory to the Lord, good, bad, or indifferent for that day, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, a lot, of, a lot of people listening are business leaders, and mm-hmm. you know, they think when their day's over at you know, 5, 6, whenever they get home, that they can you know, just chill out on the couch or <laughs> you know, watch TV or play on their phone or have a drink and not be present for their spouse, not be present for their kids. And that is not the case. I mean, our kids, our spouse, they want our presence over our provision. Yep. So we need to make sure that we are, in fact, present. We're giving our best. When we get home, instead of our family getting the rest. Yeah, there you go. Hey, Corey, let's let our listeners know. Did you come out a uh, you know, ba- Christian baby boy? Bouncing baby boy? Or what was your, what's your testimony? I did, in fact, grow up in a Christian home. Awesome home. You know, Christian you know, kind of home and did young life and but it, it my my testimony really takes a turn in my twenties. Yep. In the standpoint where I graduated the civil engineering degree, had a great job and was got my MBA and having success it, it basically kind of taking my identity to work, kind of a little little bit of what we talked about, the input versus impact. Right. And I was taking my identity to work and it wasn't fulfilling. I mean, as you know, in, in, in running a, a faith-based podcast and these mm-hmm. conversations is when we take our identity to work or something temporary, well, uh, that's bad news. Yep. So I was taking it to work, having success, but it wasn't you know, scratching that itch. It wasn't filling that you know, God-sized void as I would you know, later learn about. But since work wasn't you know, taking care of my identity, I then you know, took it to my wife. To my spouse and mm. you know, could she answer the questions of who i am as a man and my worth and my value well that's absolutely unfair to any other human to have to do that but at right. the time i didn't know that and so when she couldn't answer those type of questions because she'd have bad days and it's mm-hmm. once again it's a, a another human can't do that well i ended up um having an affair i Ooh. i thought hey if it if you know that doesn't work with my, my wife, then I'll go, you know, figure out someone else. And sure. so just obviously very uh, dumb and mature. And um, well, I didn't get caught. I came clean a few years later uh, to my wife. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we it was a journey. It was a restoration of our marriage over the last, you know, many years. We've now been married for 23 years. Mm. We have, you know, three incredible kids. But in that process was also a restoration with my relationship with Jesus, my relationship with my wife, our relationship together with God, just incredible. And so my testimony, yes, came out of the womb, if you will, as a, you know, a Christian, lost my way in my 20s, but then you know, found it again. And now my platform, my mission basically is taking my pain of not winning at home that I don't want anyone else ever to experience that again. And so mm. today what I do for a living is to help business leaders win at work and win at home. And I, I don't want to see another business leader you know, lose at home or at work. Yeah, you know, you said a mouthful there too because, you know, a lot of leaders I've talked to, it's, you know, they bifurcate their life. 
you know, they're one person, imagine, try for church, they're another person socially, another person at work and, and at home. And, you know, you can't do that, that continuity. And that's what happened for me. And finally, when I got involved in, you know, the peer groups, uh, I was in the Christian peer groups, and all of a sudden it was like, I'm one person all day long, seven days a week. And then I have to be able to take and make sure that I stay centered on that. Uh, but, you know, in this world we live in, and especially when you're a hard charger, double A type, and, and uh, particularly an entrepreneur, you know, work is everything. I mean, it just takes over everything. And so being able to cut that off and have the time, to your point, of really doing that forward in our, our uh, time day is to helping people to be able to do that. Because me, as a male, that was a real struggle. Because uh, I, I love what I do. Uh, I could do it 24-7. But at the same time, I'm really, like you said, I'm I'm taking away from my family and also, uh, you know, have have problems with my identity in the past as to really wh- who, uh, who am I. And asking that question, I think it was um, just recently, I was seeing it on a podcast or listening to it, and it was, uh, what's my purpose, you know? Well, I've worked through that many years ago, but the fact of the matter I've been asking people that because it was profound. And then with that person that was asking that, because they had to ask it of themselves what their purpose was, but then he started asking other people. And he found that he, other people were the same thing what he does. They had never reflect, reflected on that. So I'm sure that's a big, I'm, I'm expecting that that's a big part of some of the stuff you're doing, right? Absolutely. And in one way, I, in fact, help executives, it's put, put together that vision statement for themselves. Mm-hmm. So that is not tied to the corner office. It's not tied to their job title or how much money they make. Right. But instead, having them have a vision statement that applies at work, applies at home, and applies at your church, your nonprofit. And I went through this process of putting together a statement just because I um, you know, had some of these challenges. And so for me, is it is to connect people to greater performance and even more significant purpose. Mm. And the performance is helping people win at work and home. The purpose is to connect them to Jesus. And if they happen to be atheists, then I got to help them see that there's a greater purpose to life. Yeah, exactly. So, uh, you know, one of the things that we covered off is what you'd like to, for people to kind of take away today. So what would you say here in the remaining seconds or minutes we got here? What would, what would be the things you want people to take away today? Make sure that their identity is not tied to something temporary. Okay. Because it will it, it will come and go. Mm-hmm. We've all had many jobs. We've all had many different roles. But ideally, we've had just one self, one spouse, one you know, one family. Yep. <clears throat> okay. Well, listen. I got. I'm gonna. Uh, we're gonna be back here with Corey Carlson uh, in the next segment of the show. And also, we got a great giveaway today that Car- that's going to tie into his book, and we're going to talk about that in the next segment. But I'm also proud to welcome Inbound Studios as a sponsor of Faith Marketplace. They have generously provided their talent and expertise to develop and maintain the Faith Marketplace website. So get out there and check it out. It's, th- it's awesome. Marshall Mullet, the owner, has a mission to help small mid-market businesses to be more effective and efficient in getting results from their marketing technology. With a vast experience, Inbound Studios builds Websites using inbound marketing methodology that provides a beautiful visitor experience that has them coming back for more. As a result, they become a premier provider of technology services in the Midwest. Go and check them out. Inboundstudio.studio. We'll be right back. This is Chicagoland's place to inspire, equip, and encourage Christian business leaders. Faith Marketplace Radio. 
Hey, we're back here with my guest today, Corey Carlson, all the way from Cincinnati, Ohio. He has his own company and coaching and training company uh, down there. And uh, I got to tell you, he's got this fabulous book. And we talked about in the first segment, you know, part of his testimony and what he had to come to grips with is how's he living his life, you know, and what's that mean? What's his purpose? What's his why? And all those kind of things. So, Corey, uh, yeah, I've got a question here for you that, you know, particularly when we start talking about uh, your practice. And by the way, how long have you had your practice now, your coaching practice? Had it a couple years. Mm-hmm. So I left corporate America, Bob, and, you know, it's kind of an interesting story in itself. Sure. Because I hired an executive coach nine years ago when oh. I was VP of a $120 million division, and I needed help. Mm-hmm. I had, you know, leapfrogged my boss. I was managing people older than me. And I found myself taking my identity to work again. Uh, Kind of like as I mentioned in my 20s. Right. Basically, if I had a good day, I thought I was the man. If I had a bad day, I thought I was going to get canned. Uh, And so I was had laptop on my lap at nights. I was skipping workouts. I was starting mm. to, you know, make some, you know, just bad time, you know, time management choices that were affecting home. And I was like, I can't keep doing this. And, and I, knowing from what I did in my 20s, I, was, I don't want another foolish mistake. So I called my boss, said, hey, I need help. What do I do? And he said, hire an executive coach. I've always had one. I was like, what? Why didn't you tell me this sooner? <laughs> so yeah. I, in fact, hired an executive coach nine years ago. Okay. And in the process, I just, well, one, it changed my life. And I know that sounds like a big deal, but the reality is it did. I became a better mm-hmm. father, husband, leader. But it also changed my career. I mean, that's now what I do for a living. Right. So I gradually, probably about five years ago, I really wanted to start doing this. Mm-hmm. And I, you know, how am I going to make up for my big salary? Right. And my, we choose to have my wife, you know, stay at home with the kids. Mm-hmm. So I'm the sole provider. All this stress was kind of affecting me. So I gradually got into coaching, grabbing some clients here and there, still having a job to eventually launching in 2020 the full-time all in with the the coaching and uh you know best time to launch a business right right yeah, there right. of covid but uh, obviously i had no idea that was going to happen <laughs> right so that's how long i've been doing it it's been a couple years full-time it's been an amazing journey uh so far i gotta ask you now when you reflect back in that eight years ago and this obviously this coach had an impact now first of all was he a christian the coach that you hired he was, uh, he, he was is. and is faith based. Right. I still, you, I still have the same coach today. I've had a few sure. others along the way, but I still have the same coach. Matter of fact, we had our call yesterday. Okay, and share with the audience then, you know, when in picking coach because this is plays right into what you do. But as you were starting to examine that and look at coaches, what was kind of the criteria and the determining factor to work with the gentleman you did? Yeah. Well, for me, I did want a faith-based coach because I was also okay. growing in my faith significant. And so I wanted someone who could take basically the, you know, the Bible and your your business books and, and weave them together. I didn't want it to be separate. I didn't want it to be, you know, faith on Sundays and the rest yep. of the week's business. Yep. I wanted it integrated. So that was a big piece. And our HR department didn't have any faith-based coaches that they were pointing me to. So I, I found my own and was okay. able to do it. You know, the next is chemistry. <laughs> yep. That, you know, do you get along? That's an easy one. But another piece is 
I just didn't want another mentor. I didn't want another buddy. I wanted someone that could challenge me. Mm. And would they, in fact, hold me accountable yep. if I don't get things done in between our calls? Mm-hmm. I also wanted someone that it was inspiring and, and could actually, that they're doing bigger and better things. They could pull me along. Now, it wouldn't be the exact same field, right? Because a coach right. is not in corporate. But just that they had they had some competency in corporate America. So I, I look for competency, chemistry. I, the faith piece was a big element, mm-hmm. and you know, could they in fact challenge me? Right. Yep. Actually, help you grow. And you're right. Uh, hold you accountable. But the other thing I loved about it in the coaches and mentors I've had is just ask the tough questions. You know, mm-hmm. make me think, uh, make me do critical thinking. And it gets uncomfortable. I don't know about you, but <laughs> it gets uncomfortable. But guess what? If you're not uncomfortable, you're not growing. You know, to yeah, me, that's right. I I hired another coach mm-hmm. uh, about a year ago, and we were talking about growing and scaling my business, and that was the reason to have them hired. Sure. They said, call all your existing clients and mm-hmm. ask them why they stick around. Mm-hmm. Kind of basically is sure. the gist of it. So I did. I, I called all my clients. I have a lot of one-on-one clients. And I average about 12 months mm-hmm. and we you know pay monthly. So, you know, they stick around. So I asked them all in the top two reasons, and they almost all said these same reasons, was an outside perspective and accountability. Ah, there you go. And I, I, there you go. I don't like to admit it, but I was shocked. I was like, what? And I'd be like, well, what about the faith part? Well, that's nice. I'm spending more time in the word. I'm praying more. Uh Well, what about the win at home first idea? Well, that's good. I'm dating my wife more. I'm more intentional with my kids. Okay. Well, you know, what about the leadership content I'm bringing? Well, that's that's nice. That's helpful. (laughs) And it's like, wow. So it it was a big change. I mean, it was a branding change, a Uh just an overall mindset shift of, I need to keep bringing the faith, the win at home first, uh, the yep. leadership content. Absolutely. Yep. But man, it is to make sure I'm holding them accountable to what they said. I can't become Mr. Nice Guy. Yes, I'm an, an encourager. Right. But then the other is that outside perspective, which to your point, it gets done through questions. Yeah. You've got to ask those reflective questions because I don't know the answer to grow their business. Sure. They do. So yes. I've got to ask the questions to get them moving. Yep. And that's the same thing we do, you know, and we've talked about that. It's to get that stuff that's back in the back of the brain up to the front of the brain. Oftentimes they got the answer. They know. It's just a matter of bringing it forth. And then once it's brought forth and you're shining the light a day on it, then it's going, okay, let's get this down. First of all, for me and all the coaching, get it in writing. You know, let's put this stuff down. And to Mm -hmm. your point where you're making lists or you got checkboxes, get it done. You know, chunk it out. And if it doesn't get done, what stopped you? You know, what, what prevented you from doing that? Um, yep. you know, and, and, you know, just like in my coaching or in my practice, you know, I, I talk about the first, my first job is those, the six inches between your ears. I got to take out the trash, you know, <laughs> cause there's a whole bunch in there sometimes. So, oh, yeah. I, I, another thing you and I have in common in my book, a big part in that part one is I talk about head trash. <laughs> yep. There you go. <laughs> I even use that word. So uh-huh. I, I like the, the common eye you and I have. Yeah, we sure do. And, you know, let me ask you something from that standpoint now that you're in this. And what is what is an ideal client? What's the target audience for you? My ideal client is you know, 35 to 55-year-old business leader, mm-hmm. love Jesus, drink beer, okay. or wine. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, they, they're married, they have kids, okay. and they're hungry to grow, and they're humble to learn from somebody else. Yeah. 
That's you, my most ideal client. Do I have I do I or have I coached people that are in their twenties or in their sixties or aging, you know, phasing yeah. into retirement? Absolutely, I've coached them all, mm-hmm. and, and and had success because it's kind of the same process that I use. But that's my ideal client, that thirty-five to fifty-five-year-old business leader who's leading you know, a team, because I can relate to all those components. Yep. Whether it's talking about marriage, parenting, leading the team. And just the ups and downs all of us business leaders have. Well, I got to tell you, sometimes the leadership at home is tougher than leadership in business. <laughs> you know? Absolutely. Yeah. I mean. That one can be a tough one. <laughs> it is. Yeah. It is. I, I mean, love. You know, there's no KPIs at home. There's no key yeah, right. performance indicators. <laughs> and I love that. I, I love that the, the whole book, we got to get into that a little bit more. Uh, what prompted the, the the name of the book? Two things prompted it. One, before I wrote the book, I was I had a couple of clients in a row, and, and I can speak to one specifically, mm-hmm. is I was hired to help come up with the vision and values for the, the company, help to improve the culture of the organization. They were growing like you know crazy, and mm-hmm. you know, there just was, it was starting to become a little toxicity in the company and a little wandering from a vision standpoint. And so I was on my first call with, with the president of this company. We talk about all the good happening from the company perspective, as well as, you know, even some of the bad of the company. Mm-hmm. So then I started pressing a little bit more. Well, let's talk about home. You know, just mm-hmm. get a sense of, you know, you know, how many kids you have, where, where, where do you, you know, what part of the city you live in and just get to know him a little more. Yeah. Didn't hear a thing about his spouse. Ooh. I was like, that's interesting because I remember when we, you know, before I got the the you know the the, the contract, mm-hmm. him, him kind of bragging about being married for twenty five years. Okay, so I got this prompting really from the spirit of to, to ask about it and press mm-hmm. in, and I just was like, I didn't want to. I mean, it's the largest contract I ever had to date to mm-hmm. or up, up to that date. So, anyways, it, I, I, being obedient to the prompting, I basically just says, you know, hey, you hired me to you know work on these things with the business, the vision, values, the culture. But we have got to win at home first in mm. order to make sure we can be successful at work, that it, that work is sustainable and scalable. You bet. And so I said it then, and I said it a few other times where I had business leaders ignoring the home or kind of brushing off the brokenness in their home. And mm-hmm. I was like, we have to win at home first because, I, and I firmly believe as the leader goes, so goes the company. Yep. And if you have tensions at home, you can't give your all at work. You if bet. you leave your house from a 6, 7 a.m. fight, mm-hmm. you're going to be thinking about it at your 9 or 10 a.m. meeting. Likewise, at the end of the day, if you know you've got an argument waiting for your home, you're not going to be as present in your afternoon meetings. Yep. You bet. It's going to be on your mind. And uh, that's great. Uh, well, I can't believe we're almost done with this segment. Folks, I want to get you out there and text me at 312-210-0603. And uh, the keyword is going to be win. And when we get back from the break, uh, Corey's going to tell you exactly what that is that you're going to get. So you got to come back because I'm going to hold that out there. So text me with uh, 312-210-0603, keyword win. And Corey, when we come back, you're going to tell them exactly what they're going to get. Well, listen, I want you to get out there to faithmarketplace.com. Check out our website, our new website. we got lots of great stuff out there and some new things that you, you're going to be uh, privileged to 
to really gain some insight on uh, that we've partnered with. We'll be right back. This is Chicagoland's place to inspire, equip, and encourage Christian business leaders. Faith Marketplace Radio. Hey, we're back here with Corey Carlson, the president of Corey Carlson Connect, a fabulous coaching and mentoring program. And as I teased you a little bit uh, to text us at 312-210-0603 with a keyword win, and everybody that does that is going to get some of this. So, Corey, what are they going to get? Yeah, I'm going to give every listener a, the first few chapters of my book, which I'm excited to share. It, it, the book opens up with, with some good content and frameworks right out of the gates to, to help leaders. You know, the book is divided into four parts. The first part's you. you know, better understanding who you are so that we can lead. The second part is on marriage. And the third part is on parenting. And the last part's on work, mm. which is really the flow of how our leadership should go. Mm-hmm. Uh, we got to lead ourselves first before we can lead others. And then for any of us that have family units, I mean, the most important relationship in that home is our marriage. Yep. Our kids want to see a strong and stable marriage. From there, they can then build their confidence to go make significant and courageous moves, knowing yep. that their home is stable. Yep. Then the next piece is parenting, which is a big element going on. I mean, I'd say even right now is you have some individuals that you know I work with, they can be dictators to their kids and they mm. treat them like little soldiers. Okay. And, you know, they have a hard day at work, so they come home and they crack the whip on, you know, get to bed or brush your teeth or this or that. And, and it's just not a, a good relationship. But you also mm. have parents on the flip side where they get home, they feel bad, the kid right. has been at school or virtual school. And so it is, they're very cozy and they want to be the best friend. Right. Well, that is not how we need to lead our kids okay. or or even our employees for that matter. Mm-hmm. Just like Jesus with us and the disciples is come, follow me, very invitational. Right. But then challenge of go and make disciples. Yep. We need to lead our kids that way as well as our employees of, hey, come, let's have a relationship. Right. But then challenging them into responsibility at the same time. And so that that third part of the book is on parenting, where we unpack some of those pieces. And then the fourth is on work and where we talk about releasing control, equipping, empowering employees. And, you know, Bob, I'm I'm excited to say that Forbes magazine said it was one of seven books everyone on your team should read. So it has been a fun book to share with with leaders. That's congratulations, Corey. It's fabulous, folks. So again... Get out there, text me at 312-210-0603 with the keyword WIN, and you're going to get a couple chapters of the, of Corey's book, Win at Home First. What a great name. I love that thing. Well, listen, uh, when we were talking about your, uh, you know, the coaching and what you've been doing and some of the folks that you help, uh, obviously there's problems that you're helping them solve. What are some of the most common things that you help people with, some of their issues? You know, there's actually a lot of kind of common themes and I don't even know if we'd get through a right. lot of them in this segment. Right. Um, you know, but, but one of them for sure is, you know, leadership is lonely at the top Yeah, right. <laughs> and leaders don't have people to confide in and mm-hmm. they can beat themselves up. I just was on, on a call with a client. He owns a architecture firm, has lots of employees and he is beating himself up because he feels understaffed going into this upcoming year. Okay. They, they have had a lot of success winning projects 
and just is beating himself up that he didn't have enough people on the team, which I, I know even listeners can listen to this in the standpoint of it's, you know, the great uh, you know resignation. Yeah. And so my whole conversation to him was, you know, stop. You, by beating yourself up, you, you're not making any movement. We all know the, the, the thought of, hey, our thoughts lead to feelings, which lead to actions, which lead right. to results, which, you know, Bob Proctor with a lot of mindset stuff, you know, set mm-hmm. out. That's yep. exactly what's happening is these self- you know, deprecating thoughts were basically paralyzing this this owner mm-hmm. because he, man, I didn't do this. I should have done that. Man, I wish we had more staff. And he wasn't making any movement. Mm. And so when we had the conversation today, it's like, stop. Mm. It is a, you can't beat yourself up. It is what it is. Now let's, you know, kind of pick ourselves up and start moving forward. Mm-hmm. And, he needed a coach. He needed someone to help him because he can't go talk to his staff and right. feel like a bad leader. He made some poor choices. Right. And so um, you that, you know, that's it, what we talked about. It's like, hey, let's, can't let's take plan it home, through these next yeah. steps. Hey, uh, you know, obviously this show is how we integrate faith and work. So I got to ask you that question. How do you incorporate your faith in the work you do? You know, I do it a lot of different ways. You know, I basically, I pray for my clients. Okay. I'm praying for my clients. I'm praying for them before I have a call and, and trying to think through, is there something I need to be talking to them about? But mm-hmm. but when we get onto the call, it is, it's weaving scripture into mm-hmm. what that looks like. Um, it, today I had a, a call with another leader and we actually, he, he was doubting as we talked about this upcoming year, 2022 goals, he was starting to have this, these doubts mm. of that, you know, I say I, he, to the point he said he felt like a hypocrite is, here, here I am, you know, leading a small group and saying I'm, you know, a, a big Christian, but yet I have little faith on what is to come in this upcoming year. Like, can I really hit my goals? I want. And once again, it's like stop beating yourself up. Right. And I and I told him, I said, I, this I've been reading Luke, as maybe many listeners are, as some people like to do that as a habit, reading Luke in the month of December, celebrating mm-hmm. Jesus' birth. Yep. And I was reading about where Jesus says that John the Baptist is the greatest, basically greatest ever to be born. Mm. And in that, I believe it's Luke 5, mm. maybe it's, no, maybe it's Luke 7, but that Jesus says he's the greatest you know, person to be born, but yet in that same chapter, John is in jail and sends out people to verify, is Jesus really the Messiah? Is he really doing these things that he said he would? Yep. So John the Baptist was having doubts while he's in prison, and Jesus still says he's the greatest person ever. Yeah. <laughs> so for this leader, what I was saying is it is okay to have doubts. Yep. It's okay to have, you know, some questions of, of kind of the faith of can it happen. Yep. Because even John did. Yep. You bet. Oh, so don't get discouraged, and let's keep moving forward. Now look at Paul, for goodness sake. Everything he went through. Talk about, you know, what a transformation, and it's just a flip there. Boy, I'll tell you. So uh, that would be a real mind shift, huh? Wouldn't that blow your mind? <laughs> Thinking, well, oh, the, the, you're talking about the conversion from oh, Saul yeah. to Paul? Yeah. Yeah, oh, yeah well, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. So for me, it's it's weaving in Scripture where I feel necessary uh, that that will help a client. A lot of the teaching we do is 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 biblically based. 
um, that that helps with leaders. And then, you know, at the end of our calls, it's I always ask, you know, two questions. Hey, what is your uh, greatest takeaway? What's the most valuable of our time? And what is your prayer request? In light of everything we talked about, what's your prayer request? There you go. Praying with them there at the end of the call. That is fantastic. Uh, I would be remiss because I love these uh, last couple questions I ask our guests, and that is, uh, what words of wisdom would you give to your younger self? And some of our listeners out there, they're obviously a little bit younger. Yeah, I get asked that question a lot, as I'm sure you do too. And, yep. Um, you know, th- there's a few things that I wish I would have done sooner. <laughs> yep. One is, man, I am. I'm not perfect at right. all, but yep. I am a I am much better about spending time in the Word and journaling mm. and praying than I used to be. And sure, man, I get so much fruit out of it. Um, you know, it's emotional st- stability. It's reminding me of my identity. Mm-hmm. There'll be times where I just get God. God will speak to me through the words that jump off. You know, a little yep. bit of that John. Um, you know, the Baptist thing I mentioned mm-hmm. earlier came from quiet time. Just the, you know, just this week. No right. And you know, last week it was in Luke as well, okay. where Jesus said, "Don't go tell anyone." And and so I started to really think. I think this is a little bit for me popularity over purpose. There if you I'm go. Not careful. Yeah, there you go. Uh, and and so you know, the, I wish I did that. I wish I would have hired a coach sooner. Mm, I, I've been coaching some yep. guys in their twenties, and I wish I would have hired a coach in my twenties. Yep. Um. Yeah, th- those are a couple. Okay, and I had I I also saw that you, you respond to join a mastermind, and uh, that's really been important. That's something that I really got mm-hmm. onto um, in my early thirties is uh, getting in mastermind groups and all that because iron sharpens iron, and I got to tell you, uh, even more so than when I got in, you know, in my fifties when I really came to the Lord and understood what it was all about. Having uh, you know brothers come up alongside me that uh, I would. You know, hold, let me uh, let them hold me accountable, challenge me, and and really, you know, give me uh, give me there's some uh, convincing that I needed to change my ways and and also reflect on some of the choices I made. Hey, uh, we always have to do is what's funny, cool, and and uh, interesting about you. And I just had a big smile on my face when I saw that. So share that with the audience. And what the heck was that all about? <laughs> yeah. I lived in Denver, Colorado. I was sales manager for a bunch of states and people. And our largest dis- distributor was uh, had had a bunch of land and had <laughs> cattle and horses, all kinds of stuff. And he was big into steer wrestling. Okay. <laughs> well, we developed a, a good relationship. You know, he's our best dealer, and um, so just he's a strong man of faith. Developed his relationship. And he thought I was, uh, you know, athletic enough that I could pick this, pick up steer wrestling. <laughs> well, this is a radio conversation, so no yeah. one's going to see what I look like. But uh, me being a cowboy is not on the list. It's, you know, it's usually I got trendy socks on and, you know, some like, you know, designer jeans or who knows, yeah. whatever it may be. It is not cowboy. So, um, but I did. I, you know, it's a relationship. And I, anyways, he taught me how to steer wrestle. So I, I, I've, I've steer wrestled. Oh, my goodness. That had to be something. <laughs> It was awesome. <laughs> It'd have to be. Well, folks, get out there in Texas at 312-210-0603 with the keyword WIN, and you're going to get a couple of chapters of Corey's book sent to you. Corey, how are people going to get a hold of you if they're interested in, in getting a hold of you? Easiest way is my website, Corey okay. M as in Michael Carlson. So C-O-R-Y-M-Carlson.com. Blogs, podcasts. Yep. I send out a weekly email every week. 
Yep, I'm the recipient of that, and they're really great. They're inspirational. We're going to be right back with my special guest, Corey Carlson, and we're going to roundtable a mystery subject, so you got to come back. This is Chicagoland's place to inspire, equip, and encourage Christian business leaders. Faith Marketplace Radio. Well, welcome back to our mystery subject today with Corey Carlson and myself. And uh, we've got kind of a two-parter here. We're going to talk about employee retention with the great resignation going on. A lot of people I know, and, and I've been facing that with clients. And I know Corey said that he's got a bit of that going on. So uh, we're going to try that. And then also, get uh, we're going to, which we don't want to shortchange at all, but dating your spouse, especially during the holiday season, which it can get a little tense and trying to carve that time out. So, Corey, let's lead off first with the employee retention. What's uh, what's your wisdom on that, and what do you what are you telling your clients to do? Yeah, I mean it is wild that that great resignation we're all experiencing, and and so clients are coming to me asking, and we're having some good conversations, and and you know what what the data is showing, and why a lot of people are leaving is, I mean, uh, there's a few different ones is, mm-hmm. you know. I've heard some people coin this not only the great resignation, but the great reassessment. People are reassessing what their yep. purpose is. And so a lot of companies, um, it's doubling down on, do you know what your vision and values are? Because people are not sticking around just for profits, yep. for your company profits, or even for them to get paid a little bit more. I mean, people, in fact, are leaving for less money, if not, you know, no money at all. Mm-hmm. And so for a leader is, do you understand your vision for your company? Is it clear and compelling? And then are your values meaningful and memorable? Not just some fancy words on a plaque or on a website, but you're actually living them out. Yep. Yep. And then so a few things been talking to leaders about, hey, how do we play this out? And, and, and one is to, is to notice our employees. Mm-hmm. And we can do that by celebrating publicly and appreciating privately. And so on the celebrating publicly, you know, we're kind of, you know, we're kind of at the end of the year and and start of a new year. It's like, oh yeah, I celebrate. We had our great holiday party. It was fantastic. Or I appreciate our employees. We just had our our, our performance reviews. Mm -hmm. Both of those are once a year. That's not going to cut it anymore. That's right. And so celebrate publicly is is before meetings. Mm -hmm. How can you affirm how an employee had a great week or a great month and yep. how they uh, made made some choices that aligned with the company values. You know, if one of your values is excellence, well, let's talk about how one of the employees did great excellence. If it's mm-hmm. on customer service, well, let's give an award or acknowledgement of someone who served a customer above and beyond. You bet. So celebrate publicly is really just bring into attention the whole team. Let's concentrate on some wins you know, it doesn't always have to be monetary. It's not like we always right. have to have yep. a party. We always have to bring food in. You yep. sure can do that. But a lot of times it's just around the table celebrating some of the success we're having. So it's not just, you know, kind of crack the whip on the back and let's just keep going. I remember Sam Walton and uh, he it was talked you know, a lot about management and all that. And he says, look, I'm gone from home, you know, three, almost 300 and some odd days a year. And he called it walking around management. And he would have mm-hmm. intentionally get out to the dock worker, to the you know the register worker, to the stock person, or whatever it might be, and really intentionally and, and with a great deal of intention, listen, you know, to what they were saying and get to know these people. And evidently, he had a quite a memory, 
that if he met people, he knew he could remember uh, facts and you know about them and their name and everything else, which is also quite impressive when you think with the monumental company that he started. Mm-hmm. But you know, he, uh, he he had a culture. I mean, I don't know if you were ever at any of the, uh, the rallies down there in in, in uh, Arkansas, but my goodness, man, I had the privilege and the honor of being down there one time and. Holy smokes, man! They they were raising the roof. Talk about excitement. <laughs> so, well, you, you you said the word listen, and that, yeah. you know, my next point is kind of a, you know appreciate privately. But one yep. thing on the word listen, I think unfortunately a lot of us listeners and myself included can relate to this story. Is I have a client. He's he's a CEO of a uh, a solar company, and he's telling the story of. He was having a conversation with his son, and his iPhone was in his hand. You know, the the the, the dad, my client, mm-hmm. his the phone is in his hand, and the son's talking, telling a story, and and my my client's typing away and nodding his head yes to his son, and his son oh, says, geez. "Dad, listen to me," mm-hmm. and and my client says, "You know, I I am, I am," mm-hmm. and the son says, "Dad, listen with your eyes." Ooh. I love it. Gosh, that's great. And so I think as we are meeting with employees, as we are meeting with our kids, as we're meeting with our spouse, is listen with our eyes. Let's stop looking at the your our iWatch. Stop looking at our smartphones. Be present where you're present. When you're having these meetings, listen to them. Take notice to them. Yeah. You know, you, the one, you know one reason that there was a... a um, a big survey done of 7,000 employees left and like 85% left because they were not acknowledged. You, oh boy. You know, People want to know that they matter. It's in survey after survey. You know, the top things that employees say that matters to them and, and, and are diametrically opposed to what management says. I, it's just amazing to me what a disconnect that is. And yes. number one is recognition with employees. It has been for as long as I've seen these surveys done. Number one's, mm-hmm. you know, in money and compensation is like fourth or fifth. It's just it's amazing. It doesn't take much. And I tell clients that all the time. It doesn't take much for you to recognize somebody. You know, when I was in the military, we had a phrase. You praise in public, you reprimand in private. And yes. boy, I tell you, that was that was golden because getting praise in public, especially from a leader, and, and we all want praise, you know, for a good job well done. But I, what I, I found and see in some of this modern leadership where they're, they're tearing people apart in front of everybody, and that just is the wrong. What message are you sending? Nobody's going to speak up. Nobody wants to have transparency because they're going to think I'm going to be the next one, right? Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, fear by man, or management by fear is just not the way to get it. might motivate for a short period of time, but that's a good way to lose people. And I think that's the other thing. There are people are taking stock. What's my purpose? Why am I here? Why am I doing what I'm doing? Why am I putting these hours in? You know, I'm not getting any fulfillment out of this, you mm-hmm. know, and, and again, to your point, the time that people had to spend and reflect, I think the pandemic was one of the best things that could have happened from the standpoint of all of us having to take a breath. I think we we're all in this hamster wheel for a, a long, long time. And all of a sudden that hamster wheel had to come to a screeching halt. And I think that's why we see this thing, this reevaluation, like you said, a reassessment, I think is what would come out of this. And I see more good than and more positive that's come out, other than you know the downside of it, obviously with the, the deaths and all that kind of stuff. But 
the fact of the matter is I think people are getting a little bit closer. I'm seeing that also as we come back. People are just excited to get back in relationships, mm-hmm. get back in person. To your point, the eye contact now. I mean, as, thank goodness we had Zoom that we could see people. But that was only from, you know, the chest up. You, know, you, you, mm-hmm. you couldn't get a lot of expression right. in there. You can't. You know, it's just, um, and it's like, you know, when I do my radio program, if I got a guest in studio, it's it's just so dynamic. Plus, the fact, the Holy Spirit's always in the room, too, you know, so we uh, you get a lot of that vibe, too, that happens. So, anyway, um, let's, let's don't cut this short. Dating your spouse. I know that's one of the things you put at winning home, so share with the audience here in the last minute or so. What Why is that important, and especially during this season? Well, I, I absolutely. I mean, we, we, we need to pursue our spouses. We mm-hmm. need to have a relationship with them. I'll talk to a lot of clients and, you know, the marriage is not going well. They are, in fact, um, not, you know, they're roommates. And I'll ask the question. It's like, well, hey, when's the last time you went on a date? Mm-hmm. And it's like, oh, it's, it's been it's been many months. We've been busy. It's been months. Mm-hmm. Haven't done it. And it's like, no, you've got to go on dates. Yep. One for your kids to see it mm-hmm. and see what, what a healthy relationship looks like. But also, you're going to be empty nesters one day. Mm. And you've got to know who each other's are. And otherwise, you're going to just be roommates. Yeah. And so dating your spouse is important on a lot of different levels. Yeah. I, boy, so... So good, so good. And a date uh, during my thirty-fourth wedding anniversary, my wife, we had a absolutely profound conversation when I asked her what were the most memorable things in the last thirty-four years, and we went on for probably two hours. It was fabulous. I can't oh, believe we're over cool. with already. I gotta thank uh, Corey Carlson for joining me for day- today. And get out there and check out our website. We're going to be back here again next Saturday, noon to one o'clock here on AM eleven sixty Faith Marketplace. Thanks for joining us for Faith Marketplace Radio, here to inspire, equip, and encourage Chicagoland's Christian business community. Faith Marketplace is on every Saturday at noon, right here on AM 1160, Hope for Your Life. Listen to past shows anytime online at faithmarketplace.com.